exactly. Yes. Well, uh, you and I spoke, you know, um, already. So this podcast, we're just a bit just continuing with, you know, in the sharing from before, as well as just some changes and shifts that you've experienced since our last conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, since the last time we talked, the last time we talked, I believe that my I was just and I I really don't like the that word postpartum. So I'm ditching that. We're gonna dump that word and just say afterbirth, the afterbirth journey. Um, okay. the afterbirth journey for me, um, it has been six months on this path, and it has not been easy. Um. There has been a ton of hardships, um, a lot of awakening between me, my partner, um, my older child. I feel like when a baby is born into a um, household, it causes a rebirth of everyone in that house. And um, we were also familiar with the people that we used to be that for the last six months, it's just been a lot of rediscovering and redefining who we are taking place. So um, it hasn't been easy. It's been challenging, but it has been so. Mm-hmm. And what tools are you using to assist you along What's the way? That? I said, what tools um, or practices are you using to assist you? Um, of course. And your family. Um, of course, meditation is a pillar in our house. Meditation and connecting with the body is you know, really, really the foundation. And um, I was microdosing um, throughout my pregnancy. And even for the first uh, five months um, after having a baby. So me, my son, um, he was getting, you know, the medicine through the breast milk. Um, my daughter, my partner, they also microdose. And I was a little afraid to, you know, take a big trip. Um, after having the baby but spirit told me like look this this struggle is going to continue to be a struggle unless you dive in and do the work so most recently um I just had my first big um psilocybin trip since having the baby and it was a game changer I don't know why the fuck I didn't do that the week after having the baby. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, what the fuck was I waiting on? Like, seriously, like, putting that trip off, I was tripping. Because once I got in there, everything that was revealed to me all the things in my head or that was in my head that I was giving way too much thought to and allowing um, to take up way too much space, you know, the medicine just answered it. So, so simple and so sweet too. Like it was full of joy and laughter. Like, girl, you tripping, handle this like that. And I'm like, okay, move on to the next thing. And all these questions that I was spending months on trying to figure out was being answered in a matter of, you know, a couple of seconds or minutes. And I really, really, truly feel like um, my one trip 
was equivalent to a minimum of a hundred therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think with that, it well, it's true. You know, and I think not enough people doing this work speak on that enough, you know, and it's not to take away from therapy or, or traditional therapy or to replace it, but it definitely needs to be, you know, considered an option more for people who need different tools in their tool belt as it relates to healing. Um, and, and in addition to that, with postpartum healing or afterbirth healing, like you need your sacred plant medicines, you need massage therapy, you need the sacred baths, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not saying this from a place of not knowing I've been in therapy, um, this entire postpartum journey. Um, so this is coming from a place of actually experiencing the, the two and, um, like I said, nothing was more healing than me taking my most recent trip. Um, the things that was revealed to me and how it all came, it was so seamless. It was just beautiful, just pure, pure awakening and enlightenment. And this postpartum afterbirth journey has been so heavy on me that um, I really have been, you know, struggling just to stay up and keep my vitality flowing through my body how it used to. And when I came back from my trip, I literally felt like a new person. My body felt light. I was able to rest with ease. I was replenished. And, um, you know, I feel like a whole new restored, revitalized being now. Mm-hmm. And um, something that comes up a lot that I think is not um, really tackled when it comes to working with the, the plant medicine is um, a lot of people are afraid. They are they're really, really afraid. That's what I hear the most. Like, oh, I'm afraid to do this or I'm afraid to take a big trip because I was that person. That's how I know um, for sure. Yeah. So I had to sit with myself um, and ask myself some real questions. What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? What do you know that's inside of you that you feel you're not going to be able to look away from? So when you are in this conscious state of being, you should sit down with yourself and really ask yourself those questions. Like, cause if you are afraid, then you know, it's some shit right here that you need to address. So go ahead and have a, a grown up talk with yourself about what's holding you back from taking your journey. Um, what are the things that you embody that scare you? And are you truly that afraid to look at yourself? Because that's really all it is. It's just a reflection of self. And um, when you're in there, you it's no looking away. You have to look at yourself. So don't run. You walk that journey and you, you be brave, be courageous, and ask yourself those true questions. And that's all you need. All you need is to be honest with yourself and accepting of yourself.
is be truthful and honest with yourself. Um, what I think above all is wow. <laughs> wow. Somebody I, I, call me them hate, that, I call them haters in the atmosphere. I feel like somebody don't want me to let that cat out the bag, but I'm I'm just gonna say it. Every African American need to take that journey. Every last one of us. <laughs> you gonna say every last one, Keisha. Every last one, period, without a doubt. Because the type of trauma um, that we've endured, the type of PTSD that we all walk around with, the hostility that you see, the confusion, all of these things that just plague our community, the sacred medicine is the way to the answers. And absolutely. And I'm, I'm really laughing to keep from crying for real, for real, you know. Um, but in indigenous capacities, we would have taken this as a rites of passage at a young age. So it would have been a part of our culture, you know, and for many of us, it is within our DNA. You know, that's why many of us are gra gravitating to it as well as reaping the benefits that it has to offer us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know, financially, you know, there's levels to it and, and we're all working through them and getting there, but definitely a tool that we have access to that we have to use as well as introduce to our families and partners and loved ones, you know? I mean, what all the psychology classes I've taken, all the trainings, all the therapy sessions, all these, you know, self-help and coaching events that I've been to years and years, ain't nothing like that trip. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> ain't nothing like it, but you know, it's wonderful to, you know, have the um, conscious, you know, earthly experiences, you know, diving into, you know, our psychology and the work um, that's done on this plane to support the information that we gather when we're, you know, in there. So, I mean, I can't say, you know, that those things weren't helpful for me, but my own personal self-discovery, um, I feel I, I get the most information when I'm working with plant medicine. And um, before or as we were disconnected, you were talking about fear. Oh, yeah. Um, just how fear is the reason why most people won't take their journey. You know, um, fear was a reason why I put off this most recent journey because um, it was my biggest trip. And, you know, just worrying about my mental state, my mental state um, after having my son really was not the same. It was, you know, just beat down and just tired and just trying to hold on to myself as much as I could while, you know, having to, you know, be forced, I was forced into homeschooling my high schooler who has, you know, these issues with the COVID and not being able to socialize and my partner having his issues and now having a new baby who needs all my attention. It was only a little bit that I had to give to myself and I was just trying to hold on to that. So before gearing up to go in and do the medicine work, 
um, I was a little fearful and I had to sit down with myself and just be honest and ask myself those those grown up questions when it comes to our healing. And that is, what are you afraid of? What's holding you back? What what in this existence that you are experiencing right now about yourself that is so worthy of your attachment that you don't want to do better? Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to sit with myself with. And um, I'm like, ain't nobody in there but me. When you get in there, everything yeah. is, is is you. These are your projections. These are your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And coming out, you know, it made me realize, hey, you know, cut the projection out or the projecting. Cut that out. Like, those your thoughts. That's your doing. You undo that. And it was and with, a release. With birth being so synonymous with the medicine journey, can't you like, you know, really see more even now how the fears, the just everything, the projections, the insecurities that go along with this life-changing transformation that's meant to make you better and stronger and more resilient, you know? and how you take care of yourself in and around the process, the people that you have in your home and attached to your life and your outcomes. Absolutely. You know, um, my, my afterbirth experience, um, it was so devastating because of the people that I brung into my birth space. You know, I went with, you know, the quote unquote city's doula, you know, the person who, you know, is the doula of Detroit or, you know, the one who's connected spiritually and all of this good jazz. And she paired me with birth workers who were not there for the black community. Even the day before, two days, it was two days before I went into labor. She literally told me that although she's the manager at the birth center, she said that she wouldn't even give birth with them. So I was just baffled and hurt. And really, I just felt complete fear take over my body because if this is someone that's a part of our community, that works at the center, that um they came in with no integrity so um all of that threw everything off because the birth worker who I was working with um she later told me afterwards that she didn't know that I wanted a spiritual birth and to me it was insane because if you know anything about me you know my entire being is based in spirit but for her to be a birth worker and to be a spiritual or claim to be a spiritual being, um, she would have known that birth is always a spiritual experience. Yes. So it was it was static in my in my birth experience, which made um, the afterbirth process really, really tough. So had I known beforehand, I would have took a little mini trip, you know, when I was pregnant just to receive those downloads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so when dealing with aftercare, you know, often getting calls from families and care providers about um, quote unquote postpartum depression and even depression during pregnancy, you know, um, being more, I guess, authentic about your birth choices and what actually happened you know, and being able to sit with and process how people made you feel, being able to voice that with your support system Um, and helping women to, and I appreciate you with your journey and your story because you are a woman who does help women filter out the womb space of these different experiences that are considered traumatic and or beautiful and empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see the tools and oftentimes like myself having my birth experiences with the cesareans like this is how we're able to help families from a real point and offer them real tools that we know help and assist us you know yeah absolutely um you know it's it's kind of like a hero's journey you know we have to go through it and you know we come out with scars but we we do that and I think that we were chosen to do this work so we can assist others. I know what's needed in this birth space. Yes. I know what's lacking. Yes. And I know what and we need to make it a, a beautiful, beautiful, godly experience. Because that's what it is. It is. It is. Guys are always constantly being created all the time. And Keisha, me holding space for women and that it, it has changed my life dramatically, you know, even with the plant medicine, like there's nothing like it. Everybody needs to be able to hold, not everybody, you know, but with that, um, the topic of cleansing the womb space and healing your own uh, womb traumas and communicating before you're holding space for other women for birth, you know, oh, so absolutely. that's what, what the underlying thing is, women wanting to serve, and nothing is wrong with that other women, but they still have energies and things attached to them that make them not so suitable for the birthing space. For the birthing space and also for the overall healing space, for the womb care space, um, this is something that I see far too often, is um, a person will literally learn about this work and won't fully go through their process or at least you know through the first few gateways because it's a never-ending journey and want to do work on other people sit with your work do your own work have some integrity for the overall purpose of this work by not wanting to rush and service others do your work first you can't take a weekend class and be a womb care specialist you can't take a month training and be a doula like that's not how this works find you some good mentors do some apprenticeship and please have integrity with the work and do your due diligence for your own womb space because um you know i'm sorry no i'm not let me take that back i ain't sorry about (laughs) shit (laughs) but Look, if you got fibroids, you got cysts, you got some bad, bad soul ties that you can't let go of, you don't need to be anyone's womb care specialist. You need to go and do your own womb work and heal your own womb space. 
And that's yeah. just a flat out truth. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's not said I'm... enough. It's not said enough. It's not said enough. And, you know, I'm not shaming anyone for, you know, the state of their womb. What I'm saying is when your womb is in that state, this is your womb. You need to pour into her before you can pour into others. Replenish and renew yourself first. So, you know, don't confuse what I'm saying, people. What I'm saying is make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're doing your work. Yes. Yes, I have an upcoming uh, webinar, The Sacred Art of Gatekeeping, and that's really the number one thing is holding space for yourself first. You know, once the doula trend kind of came about, I had a lot of, you know, people asking me, like, how do I become a doula? And I'm telling them first hold space for yourself, you know, first advocate for yourself and find your own voice and find your own truth. You know, that's how we're able to assist others. Even and even sometimes we're learning right along with the families that we serve. But I just really feel when you're coming from a pure, righteous, authentic, purified place, that the results for everybody are a lot more powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and you know, it's that. Um, I won't say that it's trauma bonding but it's more like a, a a trauma tool like a lot of people who are still going through their traumas in the depths of it they want to connect with others and assist them through similar stories and that's not the way to do it because when you go into these sacred spaces and you're going through some heavy heavy stuff yourself you're bringing your energy into there as well and you don't want to bring that into, you know, a family that's unknowing or your clients that, you know, don't know what you're going through and how deeps in the, uh, you know, depths of your healing that you still are trying to figure out. Like it's, you know, it's dishonorable. I don't really have no other word for it. It's very dishonorable. Mm. Yes. And, and again, sometimes it's from a subconscious space, you know, oftentimes people are not consciously aware that this is what's happening. But that's why we have to create true, healthy self-dialogue. Like I said earlier with um, just taking the medicine and, you know, that fear that comes about, ask yourself serious questions. Just, you know, do your work, have healthy self-dialogue, um, definitely connect with your womb space. Ask her serious questions about how she feels, the state that she's in. What tools do she need to help on the journey of connecting with her? Because the womb don't have these issues and these fibroids. These It doesn't have these issues without um, us not having connection with her. The womb develop these issues because of our lack of communication that we have with her i'm i'm almost a th no i am a thousand percent sure that whenever there's any type of um disharmony with the womb it's due to us being disloyal to her and not having a clear line of communication with her and, i agree um, 
you know, I totally agree. I guess I'm just thinking about some of the, you know, questions that could be out there because I know like now I'm in a different level of consciousness. I can't say back then, like if someone was talking about doing the work, you know, so for the people who out there who don't know what the work is or never heard that term before, you know, but like you say, building up, um, creating dialogue with your womb, asking deep, important questions. So yes, let's talk about more ways that people can um, develop this consciousness. Um, Number one, um, have a practice, a daily practice. It could just be five minutes a day where you just sit you can have it in silence, pure silence, or you can add meditation music and just place your hands at your womb space and literally take deep breaths to connect with her and drop down into how she feels. Is she at ease? Is she under any type of distress? Make mental notes of all of these things. Ask her if it's anything that she wants to say and listen deep and see if anything comes up for you. If it's anything that's heavy on you and your mental, um, ask her those questions. You know, just begin to connect with her. And I think that's a good start. Just a daily practice of, you know, a handful of minutes of just placing your hands on your womb space or a few times of throughout the day to connect with her. Um, a lot of the questions that we have in our head, they really could be answered by our womb. The head is the man's center. He uses the head for thought and logic. The woman is supposed to connect with her womb and use her womb for logic and thought and intuitive guide through this plane. So women um, have been in a, a complete state of confusion because we are thinking from the head space, the masculine, the man way of being in this plane instead of thinking for our womb center. The womb is the center. That's where we get our downloads. So, you know, let, let's switch it back to where it belongs. Start connecting with your womb and getting your answers there. I think that's a good start. Absolutely. And I would love for you to talk more about um, relationships and sex and just that energy when it comes to um because i like to say a lot of times like the consciousness is there the clarity it's there it's about purging cleansing and removing all of that which is keeping you from hearing that voice that intuition that's guiding us all along the way so you could talk more about you know the energy of our partners and how it uh, affects oh yeah i mean if you are with a partner that um, doesn't really have the same intentions as you, um, that can cause disharmony. If they have multiple partners that you don't know, that causes disharmony. It's a multiple thing. You know, you're dealing with an entire another being that's connected to other beings and have their own shit that they're trying to figure out that they're bringing into your womb space. So if you're not sitting with this person and knowing who this person is, you need to press pause completely. Bring everything to a stop. Navigate through your own healing journey, your own process before you can even think about letting them into your body again. 
and see how they feel about, you know, their own um, self-mastery discovery. Because you'll be surprised how many people would love to be more of who they are. Our men want to connect deeper with themselves. They want more yes, self-discovery. Yes. I found that they do want to be beautiful husbands and providers and righteous men. They really, truly do. And I believe it's truly up to us to assist them in those processes. Yeah. I mean, look, before you can be a lover, you got to be a friend. <laughs> Tell me again. <laughs> I mean, honestly, before you can be a lover, you got to be a friend. Have enough um, care and compassion for the people that you are letting into your body to, at the bare minimum, be their friend. Show them different tools and different practices. And like I said, meditation is always a great start because it's simple. You know, they can just sit for a couple of minutes and connect with their breath. Allow the breath to be a guide through your body um, to let you know when you are at ease, when you are at discomfort, when things don't feel true. Your breath will tell you a lot of those answers. So teach your partner how to breathe. And if you don't know how to breathe yourself, then seek out information and guides that can assist both of you. You know, this this journey of life that we're going through, it's a humble, humble process. We have to be humble through it and, you know, not be afraid to ask questions and get the information that we need. And that's what the medicine, for me, it's just like, even with meditation, some people are in the head so much. They're like, I'm meditating. Nothing's happening. I'm not getting through, you know, and there's so many different types of meditation. Um, you mentioned fear before. I did a just afraid of sitting with themselves. I think that's the fear of really getting to the truth of who you are and to that point where you want to be authentic, you know, and you want to shine this light on the world. Um so, yeah, the fears are often what get us to where we need to be when we can come from a clear space. Yeah. And the root of that is the root of that is we want to connect, you know, the practice of yoga, the word within itself means to yoke, to unify, to bring together. So throughout this journey, we think connecting, which is the first thought that comes to your head when you think of connecting? It's probably something external. You probably about family, community, you know, any, all these things. But we have to connect with ourselves. We have to dive into the discovery of self first. We have to have that oneness and that unification within ourselves. I think a lot of that, um, the fear is the fear of not having community. But what does the community that you have within your body, your, your self-community look like? How is your ego, you know, coexisting with your soul? <laughs> you know, are they all right together? They good living in this body, you know, side by side? And those are now, the questions we got to ask. What are your thoughts on Christianity and womb liberation oh goodness well christianity um kind of like took womb the 
possibility of womb liberation away from um, the world. Christianity is one of the great tools that hid the power of the sacredness and the potential of the womb from the world. So I think that Christianity um, has crippled our connection with our womb. It has been very deceitful for the womb journey and for the woman. Um, But in that same breath, in other areas of life, the book, the Bible, is a hell of a tool, if that makes sense. Well, I guess, um, I guess from my perspective, seeing some people, not all, that have some heavy trauma and are just looking solely to Jesus, which they've been taught to do as their source of healing, you know? Um, Mm. When you may mention yoga and it's amazing, powerful benefits or the practice of yoni steaming and dealing with herbs and sacred plant medicine, um, sometimes depending on the teachings, it kind of goes against it, it, it contradicts. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like Christianity kind of stole that away, ripped that away. Like, it, you know, the practice of Christianity does not want you to have the practice of connecting with your womb. Do you see that in your uh, your practice at all? Um, You know, I do. It does come up. A lot of the women that I work with, they are actually... um the phrase that's used is unchurching they're unchurching themselves and they're unlearning you know their ways of living because they have found something more true and Mm -hmm. that's the discovery of self yes yes that's that's what i didn't know i was looking for right there yeah (laughs) they found something more true sometimes when other people express it i'm like that's it right there yes you find something that's more true and authentic And I think there's still that fear bonding, that trauma bonding that has people attached to the disease, you know, like they deserve to suffer and to endure a life of this great oppression based on the teachings. Yep. On the teachings. Yep. And how things are being taught too, because like I said, I read the Bible. I'm, I'm literally looking at one right now. That's right up there with all my metaphysics and my spiritual books and my astrology books, because there has been a ton of lessons and a ton of tools that I have gained from that book, but I have never been foolish enough to allow society to tell me how I should perceive these lessons you know we can't really hold you know the church or christianity fully accountable for our lack of wanting to discover self or the systems we have allowed to control us yes Um, When I was taking my uh, community-based doula training, we talked about truths and values and beliefs. And even in the sense of how the Bible speaks on birth being this horrible, painful punishment in a way, you know, and how many women through birth in hospitals are enduring just that. And so there's a part of them that 
Mm, I can't speak for other people, but I, you know, just an observation is like, it, it makes, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to process the pain, the trauma, when you kind of don't see something wrong and you're kind of expecting something horrible to happen to you subconsciously through this space. You but know? you already put that, you know, you already set the tone for that experience if you're looking at it that way. But that's what I said. Some of the tea, you, you take the meat and you leave the bones. There are some books in the Bible, like the books of Proverbs, which is a pillar in my life. I think the books of Proverbs is one of the best books ever written by man, by man. Don't get it twisted. Um, that, you know, can help you live a, a glorious life. But then when you go back to teachings about, you know, not sleeping in the bed with your woman when she's on her cycle or birth being a a painful process man that's all baloney and i think we all should know it at this point Keisha. what <laughs> <laughs> well but and, it's like and, you know but that's also the choosing that goes back to the fear you're gonna let the fear lead you and that anchor you you're gonna let the boogeyman that they tell you in the closet that you don't really know in the closet is there open up that fucking closet Ain't nobody in there. So what you scared of? I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these stories that we've seen and we come across throughout history, it's like, okay, you know, I'm not falling into that. That it sounds like you're trying to trick me with fear. And I'm I'm too brave, I'm too courageous to fall for that. So we just have to, you know, be braver. Yeah, and, and think for ourselves and choose for ourselves and again begin to strip away the things that don't serve us and then you can feel and hear and think. Yeah. You know? and, yeah, and but without thinking. knowing who you are, how are you going to do that? Without yeah. any true self-discovery, without any dialogue with your womb space, without connection with your breath, how do you know these things? I mean, to be quite honest, I would probably be afraid and listening to the baloney and BS that comes up as well as I did not cultivate a healthy relationship with myself. We mm-hmm. have to begin with self. To know thyself is the key to the world. You want to live a beautiful life, you want to live a fruitful life, then do some self-discovery. Because once yeah. you do your self-discovery, everything in your life will have to be true. If it's not true, it won't exist to you. Yeah, and the program is just kind of like, you know, study this Bible, study Jesus to show yourself approved. And it's like we're seeking to master his ways and not our own, you know, and just seeing to me like the black woman is the pillar of the black church. You know, Big Mama was the reason we were there, the singing, the cooking, the energy, even from the screaming and the dancing of the women. It's our power that, you know, we have to become more aware of and more conscious of so we can put it in the right places and not allow people to suck us dry in our energy and our thoughts and creativity. And we don't even know. Yeah, but Big Mama was suppressed, too. But don't nobody want to talk about that. You're absolutely right about that. (laughs) Really? Like, come on now. Like I said, we got to think outside of that. And, um, you know, a lot of the the experience for, you know, us culturally growing up in church, it was community. 
it was celebration. It was those things that were so alluring that kind of drawed us into it, which was actually a brilliant um, manipulation tactic for the creators of that establishment. And I said that to say that's why we came to those spaces. But now we don't have to use that space to celebrate. We can celebrate in our own communities with our own teachings, connecting deeper to our own roots. We don't have to go to church for that type of thing. What's that? Yeah. Yes, I'm saying and not being fearful as we're doing it. And no. being unapologetic in our practices and in our truth. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not even gonna say don't be fearful, just be brave. Yes. Try shaking that fear as much as you can. Let go of much of it as you can. And if a little bit of it still exists within you, have more bravery within you than fear. Yes, the balance for sure. Um and I guess for me, and the, and the reason I just brought it up is working with people who are seeking healing and observing that there are barriers that keep them from doing it by any means necessary. It's like, okay, in order for you to get to this, this may be the very thing you may need to reassess. Are you willing to do that to get to where you say you want to be? Yeah. You know, my personal practice is a lot about accountability even with the medicine, like we can talk until you're blue in the face. You can talk to me, but sometimes you need that self initiation to sit with yourself and see what comes up for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The journey is within a culture. It has to be reignited within our culture of sitting with self and the rituals that come along with self mastery. Absolutely. I feel like with all these things that we're doing um, and all these practices that have been put in place, um, we can really, really cut through a lot of it. Um, I seen a, uh, someone wrote a post about cutting the bullshit. Like society has been so mangled with false truth, false narratives, false way of being in life that we just have to cut through the fabric of society, cutting through all the BS to get through to the truth. So all these different things that we're doing to, you know, um, I feel like over uh, accommodate for who we are, whether it be our clothes, our financial status, or, you know, any of these things, our relationships, cut through the fabric of all of that and get to you. Get to your self-mastery, your self-discovery. And enjoy it along the way. You know, oftentimes we process things as being so traumatic and so painful and, and all these other labels that we attach to it. It's like as God's living this experience, like we should be having better outcomes. Uh, as the layers come off, as the layers come off, you become more joyful more liberated your community they start to pull off their layers or your community starts to shift into a community that's more true with who you truly are 
either way, it's pleasurable. Don't be attached to the experience that you had or the way you were taught. Detach from all of that and allow, you know, the layers to fall and your truth to be revealed. And you'll you'll come to a state of just pure bliss, pure bliss. Mm -hmm. Every day I wake up and I feel just a holiness inside of me because I get to live my truth. And I get to do it without apologizing. And that's the beauty of self-mastery and self-discovery. I no longer have to apologize for anything. I don't even have to walk on eggshells. Yes. And I also talk about giving ourselves permission, you know, in one of my medicine journeys. I don't know if I mentioned this on on, on the part one, but I had to give myself permission in that space. Mm. You know, to be beautiful, to be intelligent, to be powerful. Like subconsciously, I was waiting on somebody else's validation to be those things. Now, you know. Yeah, that goes away. I think one of my biggest battles was compartmentalizing myself. (laughs) You know, society had me in a chokehold of only showing different qualities that I embody in different arenas and once I let that go and say oh no no more can part mentalizing I am a being a whole complete being unified in oneness I'm going to show up how I show up everywhere I go um so just you know letting go of the compartmentalizing and um embodying wholeness that was that was my that was my big one and then watching that give other women permission and power to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're women. We are so, so dynamic. We have so many, many, many surfaces to us. Um, just multidimensional beings who can embody so many different glorious things at once. Simultaneously, we can do all these things. And we know that. That's what gods and goddesses do. Yeah. Just have to remember that this is who we are and govern ourselves accordingly. Yeah. You know, the social media space, of course, with podcasts and going live and all of these things where we talk about it, but actually executing and implementing. That's a whole nother ball game. So not ahead in the logic of trying to make it make sense um go ahead oh i was going to say um you know this that's also a social mask um to a certain capacity you know being in your practice is totally different than knowing the knowledge or presenting a certain aesthetic to the world because we can read all the books about um, conscious awareness and connecting to um, who we truly are and all these great things. But if we are not doing practices daily, having our daily rituals and truly embodying embodying that, we only have a Facebook page that appears to be that. And we only, you know, you know, have the books and the knowledge, but we're not applying it. So use your tools daily. 
you have these tools, you collected them, make sure that you truly using them. Yes, and being receptive. Um, it seems like I run into um, some men specifically where they just want you to be stuck in that knowledge space and books and lectures and teachings. And I'm just like, get into the heart. Let's get into the body. Let's get into the breath, you know, as opposed to all this logic that everybody wants to throw around, you know, so it's even outside of the social media arena in real life, we're having false dealings with one another based on still trying to maintain that shit in real time. Yeah, but that's, but that's, that's something that um, we can easily overcome that. And that's just by following your spirit. You know what's true. You know what's true. Mm-hmm. You don't have to read all these books. You'll end up, you know, spending time doing all this studying, the practice, and not actually living and embodying it. I think that's part of where the, how we've been kind of taught, you know, it's like, okay, well, class this month, we're going to talk about Puerto Rico and they just talk about it and they know everything about Puerto Rico, but have never gone, you know, and no one stopped to ask the teacher, well, Hey, teach, have you ever been? So it's given (laughs) us, you know, again, these are the many, um, mostly European paradigms that we're coming out of as it relates to how we're learning and, and living this experience, you know, so everybody wants to talk about it, but nobody's really being about it and doing it, you know, and I'd say yes, you know what I mean, but as far as the collective and the masses, you know, if you want to deal with somebody or have a conversation, a lot of people have to go on Facebook in order to do that. Nobody's coming by your house, actually breaking bread with you. Yeah. The number's not really there of how, how many of us are truly showing up. Yeah, so when we're in this reality and with COVID and how we're able to social distancing and all of these things, it's very important for us to have one-on-one personal powerful interactions with one another, you know? Yeah, and and it don't always have to be based in lecture. Sometimes you show up and you just dance and you just commune and you hug and you meditate and you drum together. You do all these things that connect us. And downloads are received that way as well. So, you know, at play into this experience is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. This is is so much more than what we can even grasp. But in what I know to be true about all of this is we can do it orgasmically. (laughs) Without a doubt, we can deep dive into the pleasures of existing. Yes, those cosmic orgasms that yeah. extend space, time, and this reality. And that's what I, I, you know, telling people, like, I take my life very seriously. You know, the work that I do, the relationships that I have, the friendships that I have, like, it, it means the world to me, you know, mm-hmm. and coming in contact with people who are playing, you know. Mm-hmm even when it comes to their healing, they're more concerned with being attached with you, you know, than actually doing their own work. Oh, say that one more time. Say that one more time. 
<laughs> you know, and again, it's not like it's not a bad thing. It's not to judge anybody. It's just for awareness and observation purposes, you know. So um, even with us as healers, you know, we have to be able to take care of ourselves. Uh, when I was more heavily involved in the doula work, I got to a point where I was like, wait, these families aren't just interviewing me. I'm interviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, is this something that I want to subject myself to my energy, my time, my spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and saying no when things don't feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, you know, come to a realization. I don't have to be at everybody's birth. You know, I can provide you with the education and the all around support that you and your family need to go and and have a healthy, beautiful birth and support you all the way around it. You know, so we have to often check ourselves. And for me, even with the psilocybin mushrooms, put me in those places of humility and cleansing so I can see myself and find out how I feel, you know, pulling out of hospitals, doing work, it, you know, just different things all around. You just become to be more aware and more sensitive in your relationships, in your day-to-day living and environments, you know? So... Can I add thought to that? (laughs) So I think it all comes back to my people, my people. We have to take that trip. (laughs) You got to do that plat, Madison. You got to. (laughs) You want to know yourself. You want to create self-dialogue. You want to know what your womb space need. Oh, the magic mushrooms will tell you all of this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you don't want to do that and you want to take it the long way, which is going to be a very, very long journey, just pace yourself through your meditations. You actually writing out womb dialogue, you doing your sacred dances. Um, you're choosing healthy and deserving partners to you know co- connect with your kundalini your tantric um intri- uh energies with um you know and you, you you can do it you can build that life but it's going to take a moment it'll it'll be a, a real good jump start just to connect with the sacred medicine to filter through a lot of the bs like i told you it's literally like a hundred therapy sessions in one yeah, I've heard it before, you know, even with some of the consulting work I do, people are like, wow, this is better than the last five years of counseling in this one call, yeah. you know, because the people who really care about you and connect with you in a soulful way outside of, of the money and the insurance companies hovering around, like, I want you to get better and be happy and be healthier, you know, if that's what you're saying you want. Mm. You know, but again, are you going to be accountable enough to do what it takes? You know, um, children, for instance, that may and families overall and again, not judgment. But if you have a child who has special needs, are you willing to sacrifice just the microwave? Mm. You know, you can take them to all the you know, you can do a million different things for that child. But, it, you know, are you willing to sacrifice the television for your family's sanity? Mm. You know, are you willing to sacrifice that relationship, that zip code, area code, 
to get the healing that you and your family desperately need. Yeah. You know, and having the emotions, but learning how to kind of get, where do those emotions come from? Are they valid? You know, what's your perspective, your perceptive and on, on certain matters that are keeping us bound, that's keeping the womb silenced mm-hmm. and being a choosing better. You know, it's, I, I don't know. Again, we're all growing and, and changing and learning, but I'm just kind of like no fucking excuses at this point. You know, people want to, again, trauma bond and have you have the sympathy and nothing is wrong with that. And it has its place. And I'm great at that, you know, but sometimes we, you know, got to assist people in being accountable for their actions. Yeah, accountability is huge. Um, Life, life has, you know, this lifetime, it has an expiration date on it. So do yourself a favor. And just cancel out all the excuses that you're making. If you have time to go to the hair salon, you have time to go out to brunch, you have time to do all these other things. You also have time to do your self-discovery and connect. And if you have to choose one, I'll tell you to choose you. And choosing you means to get beyond the superficial, beyond the surface, and connecting with who you truly are. So you can have deep, deep pleasure for the rest of your life. So I I know it's not a competition, um, but now that you're on this end, microdosing versus going a little bit deeper. Ah, don't do me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I, I like to partake daily. So, (laughs) you know, microdose is always going to be in my back pocket. But um, I I think for me personally, um, a deep trip is mandatory quarterly. Yeah. So... With every season, I, you know, these seasons throughout the year, they're not called seasons by mistake. Every single season that we have, summer, spring, winter, and fall, we're so all supposed to recalibrate, readjust, reassess, you know, within that season. And I think it would be a beautiful practice to go ahead and schedule yourself some deep medicine plant work for every season of the year schedule it out for yourself four times a year check in yes and minimally yearly yeah at the bare minimum yeah because you don't want to you don't want to continue to move through this journey and you know it's five six ten twenty years of not having true self-discovery Oh, I remember um, someone sent their mom for a massage at this spa I worked at, and she was about 77 years old. And she said, oh, my God, what have I been doing my whole life? You Mm -hmm. know, so some of those simple things, like even uh, a therapeutic massage, you know, 
So the things to aid and assist in this quarterly spiritual cleansing, you know, no need on doing it quarterly if you're still going to get back with Ray Ray. <laughs> baby mama drama, or even for the brothers, you know, we do it. So just learning, again, it's an excellent tool for self-mastery. Um, talk about the Yoni's things more. Um, even though it's becoming more popular, it's, there's just still a lot of people who need to learn more about that. Could you talk about um, that a bit? Yoni steaming, um, it's a it's a quick way to open up your portal. It actually makes, you know, us dilate about a, a centimeter. So when your womb space opens like that, all type of healing begins to flow all type of downloads begin to come through and take place. So connecting to your womb center through Yoni Steaming is so, so imperative in the process of becoming um, an awakened woman connected to her womb. Um, and yes, of course, it's all those super or surface level things like, oh, it's wet, it's tight, it's tasty. All, yeah, that's a plus. That's a plus good we, we got that in the bag already but the deep deep side of yoni steaming it's connecting with your womb intellect once you begin to wake her up and she begins to give you these downloads and you begin to cultivate a trusting relationship with your womb space she's gonna guide you everywhere because the thing is, we a lot of us haven't had the tools to connect with our womb. We don't even know how that really look. And one yoni steaming is one of those practices that is so it's accessible now everywhere. Use that practice to begin to connect with your womb, awaken her, replenish and revitalize her, and allow her life force energy to flow in every single corner of your life it's so much that i can say about yoni steaming so so much but what i the one thing that i think every woman should know is this is a practice that will get you to where you want to be when it comes to your womb awakening and then you'll have other you know glorious benefits that come along with that because once the womb is awakened you know, any type of scar tissue that she may have, any fibroids or cysts or heavy cycles or, you know, miscarriages or abortions, anything that you could be carrying in the womb space that, you know, brings pain and trauma there will begin to shed. That's the thought that I have to add to Yoni. I mean, you know, I can talk about Yoni steaming for seven or eight hours alone. So. I know. Can you talk about um, molestation and sexual trauma and rape? And what regards? Yeah, I was, I was getting there. I can be a little slow. Um, as it relates to the importance or how vital yoni steaming and these additional practices are for, you know, those who are experiencing that journey in life. 
yeah um yeah. it's a way of releasing way of that. that you know these horrible horrible, horrible things horrible that happen to us throughout life we're not supposed to carry it with us for the rest of our existence and through the practice of steaming um depending on who your practitioner is i always recommend everyone to come to me <laughs> but if it's anyone else in the world you want to work with see if that's a, a area that they specialize in um yeah I'm, I'm thinking i don't know how other people do it but for me it's a ritual based practice where we actually go in through the steaming journey and we you know make peace with the womb space we you know ask her for forgiveness for any trauma that she's been through we clear that path and we release that energy and that tension from you know those horrible horrible experiences to restore the womb space and you know begin to add um integrity back to her and allow her to open up and trust us once again because a lot of womb spaces, they're closed off because of um, different sexual abuse. And that's why the woman can experience disconnect from her body, shame within her body, because um, her womb space has, you know, closed off. And or or if it's not completely closed, it's acting out of rebellious and, you know, she's acting out in a, a manner that's really, really abusive to herself. Mm -hmm. So get with a really, really skilled practitioner um, who's definitely going to give you a beautiful game plan to help um, make your transition into a healthy womb state. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Um, and people can now do you do consulting? I do. I do consulting. And um, as of this year, I've been working with clients for um, three month, 90 day womb awakening programs. And each program is um, customized for each individual. We work with together very closely over the course of 90 days um, to begin to make a uh, life-changing um, connection with the womb, releasing all of the traumas that the womb has endured and restoring a, uh, a relationship that embodies integrity and connectiveness and getting that creative energy to flow so the power of your womb can begin to materialize the things that you want to give birth to throughout your life. So that has been my focus um, this year. And it, it's been so rewarding just to see the women that I've worked with and to see the transformations that they have been able to make for developing a, um, a practice that they're committed to for 90 days. 90 days is not a long time. Um, we give relationships years <laughs> that don't work. So do yourself a favor and commit to a practice of your womb care for 90 days. Um, my name is Keisha Pedia, K-I-S-H-A-P-E-D-I-A. -E you can find me um, on Facebook or Instagram by that same name. 
And my email address is Keishapedia at Gmail. Um, so those are the ways you can contact me um, if you would like to um, dive into a practice with me or just do some light consulting to figure out how you want to navigate through your healing journey. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for gracing us with your presence. You know, this podcast is for all of us, you know, to kind of have a place to share and receive and be empowered and just confirm where we are on our journeys, that we're doing the right thing and we're exactly where we need to be. Um, thank you for doing your work and being a divine reflection of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm looking forward to you coming to jamaica oh i can't wait to get there yeah i can't just wait with the work and watching your daughter grow and your son grow like i'm super excited super yeah excited. we can't wait to get there to commune with you um it's always a pleasure whenever i have Keisha? Yeah. Can you hear me? It, it, it went out. It didn't yeah. look like it was on my end, but again, yeah, just thank, thank you. you for everything. I really appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate you as well and enjoy your day and let's continue to do the work and live and thrive, you know. All right, sis. I love you. All right. I love you too. Peace.